Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, June 23rd. Uh, this is Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. You know, we only do this show once a week, but we get so excited when we have breaking news right when we're recording it. And there's huge breaking news this morning that's right up your alley, Julie Dolan. You're currently in Dallas, Texas, but you are our Russian correspondent. That's right, Liz. You know, I lived there for five years. Uh, you came to see me twice there, yeah. Sheila. Certainly, um, you were on the line every almost every day from Moscow. <laughs> we were doing this show, so we, we we have deep roots with Russia. So it's very interesting what's happening today. So that is Edward Snowden. We'll get to that later. The the guy that leaked the secrets, whatever. Just more spying from Russia. That's the headline. Um, and Sheila Dolan, you're in South Pasadena, uh, California today. But you and I were actually almost working together this week, weren't we? That hasn't incredible. happened in a while. I know, Liz. Who, who would have ever thought? Yes, Liz and I were lunching together on the Fox lot. More later. More, more later. More on that later. We do have Leon and Monica's report from the road. You know, Leon's out on her book tour right now, and she's in Oregon all this week and this coming week. So, Julie, she sent us some notes. They were too tired to talk to us on this show today. But Leon wanted us to know what went on in Bend this week. Well, which is really nice, Liz, is that so many of our satellite sisters showed up at these various um, book readings for Leanne's new book, Elizabeth, the First Wife. So a big thank you and shout out to Anne and to Pat and to Amy and to Cindy. You are all great fans. We were glad you were there with Leanne and Leanne passed on some of the important things, your important messages to all of the Satellite Sisters. So we appreciate it. And if you haven't turned up at a Satellite Sister event, it's, there's still time, right, Liz? There yeah, there, there's still time. Now, the thing about Anne, Anne handed off a DVD about squirrels that Leanne is meant to deliver to Sheila. Was That's that right. it? Was that our story? Right. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, Anne has a DVD about squirrels that she is uh, that Leanne's going to get you because she she wants to get you on Team Squirrels, Sheila. Okay. I know. I, I years ago I said how how frightened I was of squirrels and really that they're Anything can happen when squirrels are around. And uh, so, yes, I'm going to watch the video. I think it's going to be cute squirrels, so I think you're all right. And I appreciate Cindy and her loyal support because she believes that I I could do the analysis on the Boston bombing. So I, I just I appreciate uh, her positive comments. Um, I also wanted to ask you a question, Julie. Tammy posted a question on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. If you're not a member there, I don't know what's holding you back. So come on, everybody, sign up there. But Tammy remembered that not too long ago you talked about a convention you stumbled upon in a Brooklyn hotel. And she noted that there's a My Little Pony convention coming to her area, and she was wondering if she should go and look for the bronies. <laughs> I think they are bronies. These are fans, adult fans of the uh, children's cartoon, My Little Pony. Mm. And uh, I happened to be at the Brooklyn Marriott when they were having a convention. So these are adults in My Little Pony costumes. So <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. You think that's your thing, then maybe you want to check it out. But if you don't think that that's the kind of group that you'd like to be with, I would say stay away. <laughs> Two other notes from uh, Leon on the road with the Elizabeth the First Wife book tour. You know, she's running a contest to win the summer with Shakespeare. It's a great trip to the uh, Oregon Shakespeare Festival in Ashland. And this is the last week you can enter that. If you want to win that prize, you're going to have to enter. So go to Leon Dolan's author page on Facebook. You can enter there. We also have a link on the Satellite Sisters webpage and on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So Summer with Shakespeare 
um, you have to enter this week. Then later this week, Thursday of this week, at 7 p.m., is Leon's appearance in Portland, Oregon, at the Powell's in Cedar Hills. So this is the Powell's out in Beaverton, Cedar Hills, not the one downtown, but 7 p.m., Thursday night. Monica will be there to do the appropriate introductions, and Leon would love to meet you, sign your book. She'll tell stories about, about how she created the book and all of that. And then then they're hosting a meetup afterwards. There's a McMinimins pub right there, which if you're from Portland, I don't have to explain to you what a McMinimins is, but there's one right there next to the Powell Cedar Hills. And so they're just inviting everyone over there afterwards. It's, you know, it's a no-host bar, as Leon, <laughs> Leon pointed out. But anyone who wants to just hang out with Leon and Monica um, after the 7 p.m. reading, Thursday night, Powell Cedar Hills. Uh, that is the way to go. So they seem to be having a really good time up there on the Oregon leg of the tour. So that's good. We all saw, the three of us, saw Leanne in all of the Southern California legs of the tour, right? That's right. That's right. And, and it is fascinating to hear how she wrote the book, what her inspiration was, what, those, what some of the, you know, background information. So it's certainly worth your while. Yeah. To yeah. And if you're not catching her on tour, let me just say this. That's not a good reason not to buy the book. Okay. So if you're in one of the cities that she's not coming to, just buy the book and read it and then email in any of your questions about it. And I'm sure she would be delighted to answer them. All right. So, so moving on, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we record this show once a week and it's very rare that there's breaking news on a Sunday morning that is right in our wheelhouse, like right in our wheelhouse. But I would say this, this morning, Julie, with the news that Edward Snowden, the guy that leaked the plans of the, uh, NSA surveillance, uh, to the world media has now turned up in Moscow, Russia, of all places. I, I know, Liz. It was amazing to listen to that this morning, that he has just landed. And I'm pretty much the only one who I, I've listened to multiple reports at the Sheremetyevo airport, okay? Most people are just saying the airport in Moscow because they can't say Sheremetyevo airport. But <laughs> you and I have been there. Yes. The airport. Now, here's... And, you know, it's just amazing that they, you know, even though there was a warrant for his arrest, uh, that Hong Kong said that there was not enough paperwork to hold him there, and somebody, and it must have been pretty high up, and I think it might even have been Mr. Putin himself, must have signed that visa to let Eric Snowden come to, come yes, to Russia. right. Edward Snowden, right? Edward, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Eric Edward Snowden uh, to to come to Russia. So, and I think this all stems from the missing Super Bowl ring. That I think Putin has been so embarrassed by the fact <laughs> that um, the owner of the New England Patriots told the story that Putin stole his Super Bowl ring that he's getting back and said, "Okay, so you want to embarrass me on the world stage? You know, take this." And so now there he is. In Snowden is in the Moscow airport now, Liz. You remember when you arrived, um, I was, I lived in Moscow for five years. We made some special arrangements for you when you landed because if you've ever flown to Moscow, the normal procedure is you get off your plane, you are herded down this set of stairs, and then you stand in an immigration line for hours and then opportunity to come up to these very uh, the scary, rude, surly immigration <laughs> officers, and you're just hoping that you have all the right paperwork. Yes. So, so I, Julie, I remember your exact instructions at that point when I was coming to see you. Yes. She said, do not, under any circumstances, go down those stairs. Sheila, Ju <laughs> Julie said, if you go down those stairs, we cannot help you. There is nothing we can do to help you. So just, there will be someone looking for you at the top of the stairs. If they're not there, just stay at the top <laughs> of the stairs, for God's right. sakes. And then there was someone there to meet me. And then they take you into this VIP lounge where you actually feel like you are in a spy movie, Julie. That's I'm correct. Well, first say, of all, yeah, born identity. Born yes. identity. Born identity, no doubt. But the person who picks you up as you get off the plane is usually someone right out of the James Bond movie. Right, Liz? <laughs> yes, yes. It's a Russian immigration officer. It's always a female. She's got a figure to, uh, to die for, and she's in six-inch stiletto heels. <laughs> and you have to walk 
with all your luggage as fast as you possibly can. <laughs> this clicking, click, 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 as she moves across the entire airport. So that's what Snowden was doing today with all his secrets and his laptop. I am sure he was met by the James Bond girl. And then you go into this room. There's really no signage, right, Liz? Do you remember no, that? No, no. Somehow you just go in there and it's a lounge, right, Liz? It's like a nightclub. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Sheila, it's giant leather chairs and giant, like, jar, like, gallons of scotch on every table. You're kidding Just me. with old, like, cut crystal highball glasses. <laughs> and you're like, this is an immigration processing center? <laughs> you, it's, it's either, like, a spy nest or it's a mafia hide, hideout, you know? Yeah. But wow. it has that kind of underworld meets spy world vibe to it. And his visa, from what I understood on the news this morning... It's a transit visa. He's not actually allowed to stay in Russia. So he has to be in that netherworld right now. They won't let him out into the rest of the country, is my understanding. That's right, Liz. So he's in that VIP lounge with the giant white leather couches. Right? <laughs> and, and every group in there, Sheila, nobody wants to make eye contact. <laughs> no, no. There's bodyguards on top of bodyguards. In That's fact, scary. they have separate waiting area for the armed bodyguards. Oh, uh, my gosh, Julie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a scene. It is a, a complete scene to be in there. <laughs> and you turn over all your documents, right, Liz? That's that, that was a scary part, too. You, uh, These people are all so shady looking, and you have to give them your passport, and then they just disappear. It's not like you're at a window and you can see what they're doing <laughs> right. to your passport. They take your passport, and they go behind some magic door, and you're supposed to just sit there and drink scotch with the Russian mafia until they come back. Oh, wow. That's right. And then, you know, it can be 10 minutes, it can be longer, but then you don't leave the lounge until somehow there's the word that your luggage, again, because you're not going into the baggage claim area, that would be down the stairs. Your luggage is brought by porters to the bottom of the stairs outside the VIP lounge. It's just it just miraculously arrives there. You know, you don't know how it got there. You don't know where it's been, but that's that's where your luggage is. You never have to personally claim your luggage. <laughs> so what what's going to happen with him, Julie? Well, this is I have always said about Russia. They have um, they have other countries. They have friends different friends in the United States. So, you know, they're talking that maybe he might go to Cuba, maybe it's Ecuador, maybe it's Venezuela. I don't know. But I, I imagine he's he's downing a couple of scotches right now in the VIP lounge. I mean, but that I suspect that that's the reason why Putin let him come into the country, travel through his country, was because he was embarrassed over the Super Bowl ring. Well, here's what I would like to say about Edward Snowden. He needed a satellite sister about a month or two ago in his life. Because I look at this chain of decisions he has made over the last month or two, and I think, did you try this plan out on any of your friends? Like, did you, did you ever turn to, like, one of your closest friends and say, here's what I'm thinking of doing, and then I'm going to go hide in Hong Kong, which was a terrible choice. So even if you buy the idea that this was an act of conscience, right? right. And, and he needed to do that for whatever because his conscience dictated to him that he needed to do that. His entire escape plan or every step he's taken since then seems so unbelievably ill-considered. It's like he didn't have any close friends to say to him, Ed, buddy, could, could we think about this for a second? Or if you want, like, what's your, what's the plan after the plan plan? The fact that he might actually end up in Venezuela for the rest of his life, I want to say, okay, Hugo Chavez is dead. That's not a you're, going there. Really, it might, might not be your best choice. Uh, Cuba is on the list. Well, okay, Fidel, Fidel Castro. I checked this morning; he is still alive, but <laughs> but he's 86 years old. So, do you really want to put the rest of your life in uh, Fidel Castro's hands? It's just like it just seems like a completely ill-considered series of events. And I'm actually starting to feel sorry for him now because he just seems like 
the, like, he didn't have any friends to say, dude, take a breath. Even if you feel like you need to do this, let's think about the aftermath, you know? I mean, well, apparently no mentors or supervisors who's, you know, who reinforced the idea perhaps that, you know, you needed to, you know, you needed to protect or stay true to the oath that you took right, to keep these right. things secret. But I, no, I don't feel sorry. I, I really don't feel sorry for him. I'm also amazed that the U.S. doesn't have enough clout with Hong Kong to keep him in, even to keep him in Hong Kong, you mm-hmm. know, that that they were allowed to let him leave because of a technicality, that we don't have enough weight in the world, you know, with Hong Kong, obviously, that they would that they wouldn't do this for the United States, you know, help to extradite this guy back to the United States. When they I'm knew- just imagining the gate agents at Aeroflot at the Hong Kong airport. Oh. And I'm sure they let a lot of things slide there, you know, like yeah. even, <laughs> even if his paperwork isn't entirely in order, I just don't think that they're, they're the people that are going to hold the line. But anyway, so, um, well, luckily we have you to follow this story, Julie. So, um, well, I- as long as I'm, I'll monitor what I can of a situation in at the airport. But I, we know this scene, Liz. That's for sure. <laughs> giant ashtrays and giant things of scotch. Okay, <laughs> that's that's all you have to picture about this lounge at uh, the Moscow airport. Okay, as long as we're talking about people that are in deep trouble this week, I just want to throw out a couple of thoughts about Paula Dean. Uh, I don't, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this, but I have two thoughts on this and they're kind of conflicting thoughts. One is when people say like words slip out by accident, or I didn't even realize I was saying it, or it's like, no, they don't. I mean, really would like words don't slip out unless you are in the habit of saying them, you know, like, uh, so I totally don't buy that whole, oops, I'm sorry kind of thing. On the other hand, with all of the terrible people in show business who do all kinds of terrible things in the world and to each other, it seems, I don't know, a little bit sad to me that now we're picking on Paula Dean. I mean, she deserves to be punished. I'm not disputing that. But right. people in the entertainment well, business, there are a lot of terrible, mean, crooked, awful people in the entertainment business who still have their jobs, right? Who still have their TV shows. And it's just... I I mean, it is a privilege to be on the air. I think she broke that privilege. And I also don't buy the excuse that, you know, that she's 60 years old and this is the way people talk. I don't either, Julie. I I don't. I don't think that that is not a good excuse. Because we know plenty of people who are 60 that have never, ever... And would never say anything like that. Yes, I'm not saying that she doesn't deserve to be punished. I'm just saying there is a long list of people who deserve to be punished. Yes, okay. (laughs) Right? She is one person on the list, but she wouldn't even be halfway up the list if you were really putting together the list of terrible people who say and do terrible things in Hollywood. (laughs) That's my only point. Or in in the broader entertainment business. So, oh, well, you know. Moving on. Are we moving on to me? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. Finally. Listen. Well, summer has oh, begun. Okay. So we're only 10 minutes into the show. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> summer Summer has begun. As I told you, I'm on school vacation. So right now, I'm sort of a, what I call a freelancer. So I'm available to do tutoring and things like that to pick up some extra cash, right? Right. So I had a nice little schedule I was going to start. And um, I got a call from my friend, Amy, who used to be the other third grade teacher at my school. And she got a call from a friend of a friend who needed a teacher to proctor an exam to an actor. And Amy thought of me. She said, it's going to be easy money. You just go and sit in a room and, you know, he or she writes an exam. So I said, sign me up. You know, that sounds like a good gig. So this is, a kid, this is a kid who's like on a TV show or a movie, and they have to have teachers around for their education, right? Yes. It's, yeah. not, it's not just any kid. So yeah. as I find out, so it, because it's TV, Julie, I get a call right away. You know, it's like people are working in TV. <laughs> people, like it's, it, it, they, 30 seconds, I get a call from this woman at Fox. And I think, Fox? 
Okay, all right. This is a major network. Um, <laughs> Real and- TV. You're going to be able to cash that check, Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> well, the check hasn't come yet, so more on that later. But anyway, so she said uh, she gave me the name of the actor. I didn't recognize his name. His name is Liam James. He's from Canada, and he needed to take an out-of-province exam in a secure location with a certified teacher. Ooh, that sounds very Canadian, the way you said that, Sheila, out-of-province exam. Well, believe me, Julie, I was communicating with the Minister of Education (laughs) in British Columbia all week. I was sweating my head off trying to get prepared for this gig. Okay, so I get a call from the girl at Fox. I say, sure, great, sign me on. And I think I told the story last week. What is your day rate? (laughs) And and I I made up a figure. (laughs) Good good for you. I made up a figure for my day rate. Believe me, I earned my day rate because every day in preparation for this exam, I had to secure my computer, Julie. I needed the help of our nephew, Brooks, who had to come over and sweat it out with me for an hour, just like reconfiguring my laptop with, Ooh. you know, cookies and, and, and tabs and, you know, filters and beta and alpha. I mean, it was like, it was because he was going to be taking the exam, I thought, on my computer, Julie. Oh, oh, that makes a big difference, Sheila. And it, it had to be highly secure. I mean, if one thing went wrong, that's it. I mean, I would have been humiliated in front of this actor. So I do some Googling. I find out Liam James is this kid actor from one of my favorite, favorite, favorite shows, The Killing. Oh, I have never seen that show. Oh, so, I, I love that show, too. Sheila, you know, I'm a huge fan of The Killing. And so when you told me it was Liam James that's in The Killing, then I Googled him, too. That he's, he plays the son of the female detective, right? Right. So I, I'm just sweating it out, Julie. I mean, it, it's, it's crunch time. And, I mean, no one at Fox is worried, about, like I am, about what's going to happen, what's going to go down. They don't know your connectivity issues. But they <laughs> Issues. Oh, I, I mean, I thought there was a, you know, video component. Of course, my speaker's blown. There is, I mean, there were so many passwords. There were so many security systems. So I get, okay, long story short, this it's getting longer, but I get, I get to the Fox lot an hour early in Dolan fashion, and I'm waiting, and then the secretary shows up, and she's like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. He's just going to have some peace and quiet and take an exam. I go, peace and quiet, take an exam. I was like, my life livelihood is, is, is dependent on this exam. Well, partly because at this point you're fantasizing that if you pull this off, you could become tutor to the stars, right? You right. could, like, give up that third-grade gig I and just start tutoring to stars on movie lots, and that would be more fun. So they lead me into this office, Julie. There's this ginormous um, PC. And she said, okay, so I have the password for the PC, so you're just going to use this computer. I go, oh, that computer. (laughs) And that's when I said to myself, I have got to get it together. I have to install the security system on another computer without my nephew's help. And... They don't know that I'm going through this torment. <laughs> they are just like, they're 19 years old. I mean, they, they, they have no idea. So I said, Julie, I have got to get it together. So I take out all my notes, and I open this woman's PC, and I just install, I just do everything I'm told. It Good. took me an hour to get that computer configured. <laughs> so meanwhile, I'm waiting, and then the kid shows up, He's the sweetest, most adorable, shy, just, I mean, he's just adorable. And I'm like, Liam, are you ready for the test? He said, yeah, I didn't study that hard. I go, why not? He goes, I got a big movie opening this weekend. I said, you do? He goes, yeah, I'm starring in a movie with Steve Carell. I go, what? I said, he's like, 
yeah, I got to do some promo down at Santa Monica Pier. I go, promo? I said, I said, how do you feel about that? He said, I have no idea. I've never done it. <laughs> so he's a major star. And the name of this movie is The Way, Way Back, right? So the, people, the Way, Way Back. So people may see that's opening this weekend all over the U.S. And Allison Janney's in it, Steve Carell's in it. But it's a coming-of-age story about a young boy, and he's the young boy in the movie. He's, so I start the exam. I close the door. I said, Liam, you're on your own. I go back at 10 o'clock to check in. And I said, how are you doing, Liam? He goes, I'm fine. He wanted me to close the door. I find out he's gifted. He did the three-hour exam in an hour and ten minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Julie. Oh, my and then, God. Then I'm thinking about my day rate, okay? So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, you can't have that. <laughs> no, best of luck to have a gifted student. I know. I know but, but as it turned out, I, I got there an hour early to install the security system, and then I had to stay for another hour to deinstall it on this stranger's computer. So... In the middle of all that, I know that I call Liz. Liz and I make a plan to rendezvous on the Fox lot because I'm spent at this point. Like, I need I need to go away somewhere just from doing that three hours. You were so, sort of out of your wheelhouse. I think that's yeah, fair to say. Yeah, this was not, this was not uh, you know, sitting in a room uh, writing my thank you notes to the parents. I mean, I was sweating it out because every second he was in the exam room, I thought someone's going to come down and say, uh, the computer, like, (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's just so funny that it took you longer to install the test than, than it did for him to take it. And he was gifted. So I'm waiting outside. So Liz and I actually rendezvoused on the box lot for lunch, Julie. Uh, that sounds very glamorous. Two sisters in the entertainment business. In the <laughs> middle of the day, Liz picked me up and took me to the commissary. <laughs> it was it was so great. It was such a treat. Yeah, it was fun because Sheila was actually at 20th Century Fox is the film studio and the television studio. So they make the movies and the TV shows. I don't work for that part of the company. I work for the international cable networks. But we're all kind of spread out on this huge lot in Century City. So I could go find Sheila at the Fox Searchlight uh, bungalow, which I had never been to before. Then I drove her around the lot a little bit and gave her my fake tour of what goes on there because I have no idea what goes on in most of those places on the lot. But I do know, like, that's where they shoot Modern Family and that's where the Simpsons hang out and all of that. And then we went and had a very civilized lunch at the commissary where, you know, like Shirley Temple used to have lunch. Oh, it was just, it was just adorable. It was. It was just wonderful. And I forgot to mention that right before I left for lunch, Liam James, who's probably, he's 14, 15, or 16, I forget, drove off in a limousine with a private driver, Julie. (laughs) His driver had picked him up. But it seems like you and Liam sort of uh, connected. Um, We did. We did connect. Do you think? I, I told his mother, I said, he's very special. She said, I know. And I, as they drove off in the limousine, I felt like saying, just, just stop now. Don't, don't let him go any further. Because he has no idea. But you know what? He's a great kid. He's a great kid. So uh, I hope he gets a good grade on that exam. I mean, I, wow, that was stressful. That was... Don't you think you can follow up, Sheila? Do you see this as maybe oh, you could become... I followed up. Oh, I, while I was, I had my pad of thank you cards to the parents. So I had this beautiful thank you card. I wrote my name, my number, and my email. I gave it to Liam's mother. Oh, good, Sheila. And then I emailed my contact at Fox and um, told them I had still not gotten my vendor um, (laughs) invoice sheet, which I needed to fill out. (laughs) Is that electronic too, Sheila? Because my car insurance is due. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, I'm I'm still waiting on that. So, uh, yeah. Okay, well, but and it's a it's a potential whole new career, so it's good that you got through your audition so well. Oh, I I, I got through the audition. I I can do it again. So in the meantime, so I'm doing that. I'm tutoring, and then I'm doing my swimming. But today I got to the pool, girls, uh-huh. at, at eight a.m. to do my lap swimming, 
and I noticed there was a lot of medical um, uh, people uh, people on the premises. There was a Red Cross. There was like <laughs> some first aid being yeah. brought into the pool. I thought, well, maybe somebody, you know, something went wrong. Someone's been hurt. Uh, and I walk in, I open the gate to find out, uh, there's a woman, a very senior woman sitting on a stool who asks me point blank, looks right at me and said, so are you here for the senior, uh, swim meet? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that hurt. That hurt me, Jewel. That that hurt me bad. (laughs) And that's why they had the extra medical attention. This wasn't just the master swim meet. Which in Masters, you know, we pretend we're not old yet. That's what we do. Yes. But the senior swim, those people were out and proud. They were, they were, they were, they had cots. They were resting. (laughs) They, they, they had medical attention. I said, no, I'm not here for the senior swim. And then I noticed the water Zumba class was going on, Julie. Water Zumba. Oh, of that. I, I mean, Julie, I had a ball. There is this dynamo. I mean, is every Zumba teacher a dynamo? I mean, it's pretty much. This, this is the difference. You've got to. Not every Zumba teacher is a dynamo. Uh, so you have to get a good Zumba teacher. It really makes or breaks it as a, as an activity. Oh yeah, there was this gorgeous Brazilian Zumba teacher. They did give it twice a week at my pool. I hopped in. And I was shaking my booty. I was just <laughs> shoulders, hips, tushy, shoulders. Julie, that worked you me out. That yeah, Shakira, Sheila, you're moving that core. Yes. Oh, I was moving my core for an hour. I had a blast. And then I came into the uh, locker room. And who did I see? I didn't see Diana Nyad. <laughs> and I saw a couple of the, couple the seniors were spread eagle on <laughs> the benches just taking a little cat nap before the 50 free i mean they were out they were are you here for the 50 free no no i'm gonna go do zumba okay okay sheila i'm glad you're on the zumba bus it is it's a really fun ride it's a fun exercise and it's good to shake up your exercise routine a bit Thank you, Julie. So that's what I've been up to, girls. Okay. That, wow. That is like, so you've had a week of many new things, Sheila. That that's is good. my comfort level. Yes, <laughs> Yes, I would say both things. Uh, well, so Luke, speaking, how are you feeling? Because last we talked, you were recovering from pneumonia. Right. And I'm still, re- my, my recovery continues. I'm on the right track, Julie. I went to see my doctor this week on Monday and, you know, cause I had been diagnosed by a doctor at urgent care. So, and that was two and a half weeks ago. So this was now my follow-up with my own personal physician who I had not seen since September. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but she's very nice. And I walked in and the appointment said I was there because I had pneumonia. Um, but she started by saying, so how are you doing? What's going on? Um, and, you know, our lives have not been that great since September, right? When I saw her in September, mom had not even gotten sick yet. And, you know, we were wrestling with that. So I start to fill her in on just the whole that, you know, that mom had died and dad had died. And now I have pneumonia. <laughs> and she's like, whoa, okay. She hands me the whole box of tissues. So we're having, we're having that conversation. But then she listened to my chest and uh, it's a lot better. So I'm definitely on the mend. Um, and then I said, well, okay, so what do I need to do now to continue getting better? And she said this, she said, if I could write you a prescription for anything, it would be for a vacation. Really? (laughs) Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, I like that kind of prescription. uh, Yes. She said, you just need some time off to, like, sit and and rest. Because, yes. you know, she knows I have a job that requires a lot of travel. So in between all of this personal drama and, you know, and grief that we've had, I've also had to, like, show up for work occasionally. And, uh, and showing up for work often is halfway around the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she knew that. She's like, you just, for the next month, uh, you need to, like, 
stay off airplanes, and you need to find some time to, like, get away and just, just relax. And luckily, next week, I am getting away. I'm going up to Bend for the whole week, and, you know, it'll be super relaxed. There is nothing to do there. There will be no interruptions to my life. So, um, but then at work, there was, there's this project I've been working on. There's a new show debuting in the middle of July called The Bridge, which is going to be super cool. It's this uh, sort of murder mystery TV show uh, that happens on the U.S.-Mexico border. So in the United States, the show is on FX. And in the rest of the world where I work, the show is on the FXs all over the world that I manage the marketing for. So because the debut is the, the middle of July, we had just that morning been working on the plan for the big press conference to premiere the show in Mexico City the second week in July. And so when I start to, she starts to say to me, I don't want you to get on an airplane. Just see if you can mm. just sort of phone it in for the next month. I'm like, okay, but how about this one thing I'm supposed to go do? I said, it's a short flight. She said, how short? I said, well, it's like three hours. She's like, where are you going? And I said, Mex- Mex- Mexico City? And she said, okay. Yes. She said, I just told you you're not allowed to get on an airplane, but you are certainly not allowed to go get on an airplane and go to a place where the air is not breathable. So we're really working on your lungs here for the next month or so. So if you could just really back off on that, I think that would be best for your long-term health. So I now have a doctor's note that I Well, Liz, this is great news. That's what I was wondering. You know, were you going to be able to take this advice to your employer and say, hey, you're not supposed to get on Yes. Uh, yes. But you know, your doctor's right because pneumonia is very serious and it can scar the lungs, right? Yes. If yes. it doesn't heal properly. And that can have a long term impact on your health. Right, right. That's the other thing she said to me, which was very, very interesting and really important to hear. She said, because of your age, you know, I turn 55 in uh, September, I will turn 55. And she said, because of your age, the health choices you make for where you are right now, the health choices you make over the next six months or a year are going to set you up for the rest of your life. And those are either going to be good choices and you will become, and you will be a healthy older person or they will be poor choices and you will be a sicker older person. And you just need to think about it that way. Whoa, right? Whoa, well, and so five is the magic number because I'm your older <laughs> well, well, for, for me, not that it's not not that it's the magic number for everyone, but she was just, it's clearly like a transitional year for me in so many ways, health-wise, personally, like yeah. all of my leading health indicators in the past year have become very borderline, you know, blood pressure up, blood sugar up, weight up, all those things. She So she was basically in the best possible way giving me the nip this in the bud speech, right. you know, but... The way she framed it up, I'm like, okay, got it. I got it. I got it. That's good. So, right. So, uh, so there you have it. So that's my. So I will be next Saturday. Ferris and I will be jumping in the car, headed to Oregon for a week of just <clears throat> total R and R in the backyard there, hanging out, fresh air, no airplanes, good to go. So, so that's my plan. And I was thinking. Uh, I, yeah, I think that's great. I just have two two comments, Liz. Uh, one, water Zumba. <laughs> and two, are, are are there any minors on the new television show that need uh, extra help? <laughs> I, and I'm talking reading and writing. I, I don't want to do any exams anymore. Okay, so just keep me in mind. FX, I'm there. Okay, I will. I, I will. I'll nose around on the sets, Sheila, and see if there's seriously. Any, you're okay. saying like you know, fifth grade and down. That's that's sort of your zone. Yes, keep it low. Keep it low. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can't help this kid. That's my wheelhouse. So that's my report. Like, it sounds like both of you have time to, you know, that because it's summertime and Liz, you're taking some vacation, I have just the thing for you and for anyone else who has a little spare time, and that is to get involved with the trial of the summer. You know, this is, um, I actually, my son and daughter-in-law told me that every year 
for during the summer, they pick out a trial to follow, (laughs) which I thought was kind of interesting and that they follow all the details and everything. So we have, I have the trial for you. And that, of course, is the James Joseph Bulger, a.k.a. Whitey Bulger. Um, murder trial that's going on in Boston. Now, there are a couple of reasons why this is the trial to watch. First of all, is um, most of the times so he's on he's on uh, he's uh, in court because he is charged with taking part in 19 different murders. Okay, uh-huh. very serious. He's a really he's a really bad guy. But somehow, because the defendant is 83 years old and the witnesses are really old or in wheelchairs it takes away from the impact of the crime and i don't want to pull the crime because i right for all of these families this was terrible but anyway so that's one reason it it's is really a good story secondly no, we have a family connection to Whitey Bulger, right, Liz? Right, right. Our father was good friends with his brother, Billy Bulger. And so when we were growing up, we often had the tales of Whitey because Billy was like the good brother and Whitey was the bad brother. And so, I mean, for us, we thought Whitey Bulger was like this fictional fictional character that our father was making up because he did make up quite a bit of stuff. So we were hearing about Whitey Bulger for our whole lives. And then when the FBI finally found him after what, 18 years on the lam? He it was, was yeah, six, it was 16 years on, on the lam. Just yeah. the fact that you have a whole episode where he was on the lam. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he ended up being two blocks from where mom and dad were living at the time in Santa Monica, California. So we've talked, we've talked about this on Satellite Sisters before. We were, you know, the million dollar reward to find Whitey. It was shocking to us that our parents are probably the only people in Santa Monica that would have recognized Whitey Bolter and, and they did not find him and get the million dollars. So that's a shame. And sadly, if our dad had said, I just saw Whitey Bulger walking down the street, we would have attributed it to his Alzheimer's, yes. right? <laughs> that's right. correct. Everybody yes. believed him. Sadly, that's it. But this trial is great because the witnesses, I mean, it includes Johnny, the executioner, Mortorano, John, Zip Conley, who was the FBI agent. Hey, hang on a second, Julie. Sheila, are you cleaning up again? No, 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 no. I know I'm not. Go ahead, okay. Julie. Okay. All right. Sorry. What are you doing? I was just okay. having trouble hearing Julie for a second. Go, hey, go ahead. Yeah. Are you writing thank you notes? Girl? No. No, okay, I'm not. You- I think you'll be interested. There's a Hollywood angle to all this, to this trial. So there's Stephen, the rifleman, Flemmy. So, and the thing about the trial is they were all ratting on each other. You know, that Bulger uh, apparently became an FBI agent, but the FBI agent also ratted on Bulger. So it's a, it's a very complicated tale. So that's important if you're going to be entertained for the summer. And sisters, there's some great lingo in this trial. They talk about a boiler, which is a stolen car. And then they talk about a crash car, which is not a stolen car, but that's a car that you use when you want to slow down or bump a police car. But there is a Hollywood connection here. Robert Duvall, the great actor, is now sitting in on the trial. Because, you know, he's 82 years old, so perhaps he's thinking that he would like to p- play Whitey Bulger in, in some movie remake of it. Also, the word on the street, Sheila, that I hear is that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are also interested in doing a movie about this trial. Oh, and- oh they're, they're all over that. And I just want to say, if there are any minors in the <laughs> film who need extra help <laughs> reading or writing, please call me. These people would qualify for that senior swimming. Everyone in this trial is like 75 I and know. They're I know. wheelchairs. They've got hearing aids. This is an old crowd. And so I guess that's maybe why. But it doesn't take away from the fact that they really were bad guys. And right. No, they were horrible. I right. mean, yes. just murderers. Yes. Yep. But Dad would have really loved this. He would have enjoyed this TV watching, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it certainly would have kept him entertained for months. So I hope while you're on your summer vacations, you have time to dip in on this trial. Okay. Oh, yes. Well, sisters, I just, you know, a couple weeks ago, I did a wedding update about the couple that got married in the Wolf Sanctuary. 
Did yes. you, do, you remember, do you remember yeah. that? Yes. Well, it, I mean, the New York Times has gone haywire. That's all I want to say. <laughs> Anything goes now. So these, this couple that met in the wolf sanctuary, so there were like live wolves at their wedding. There were just, it, it was just insanity. Okay, this, this wedding, though, takes the wedding cake, as it were. This is a couple. She is a professional juggler. Okay. Okay. And he as a juggler. Okay. Right. Can you make money as a juggler? Um, uh, The groom is a sculptor, quote unquote, and basically his creations are monumental sculptures set ablaze. We're talking nine hundred gallons of jet fuel. You know. I mean, we're talking. Set these. Uh, where does he light up uh, his sculpture shield? Of course, at Burning Man, Julie. <laughs> oh, yes. And ah. of course, his name is Dasman. <laughs> I don't know what that is. So she's like a beautiful redhead juggler, and his name is Dasman. Okay, that sounds like a really fun wedding, now. You got. You got to admit that has the makings of a fantastic party. Oh yeah, she. They did a whole thing, and she she was juggling, and he was burning, and um, there was just all sorts of things going on at the wedding. But uh, I I love their romance. You know, they they started out very slow, and then he realized when he went to see her at the Magic Castle in Hollywood <laughs> that it was meant to be. Um, and just a side note, last week we talked about our niece's gorgeous wedding invitation. Uh-huh. Yes. Frameable, you know, just, you know, the, the card stock so thick, it was just, you, you wanted to serve something on that thing. <laughs> I mean, that thing was, <laughs> well, the, the guests for this wedding, the juggling Bernie man, Dasman, received a river rock laser engraved with the address so the rock itself was sliced and bound with wire julie and sent through the united states post office that's extra postage i'm I'm telling you i I, I, you don't even have to weigh that i know that's going to be extra postage okay and one recipient i love this the only sane friend they have called the police because they thought it was a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he is known for burning things, so I guess you might be suspicious. Yeah, you'd have to hand stamp a rock for sure. That's not going through the the normal USPS machinery. That sounds like an invite. Sheila, did the bride take um, her husband's name? I don't know. Doesn't even matter. I mean, I don't know. They, you know, they're they're burning and they're juggling again. I, do you remember that one date that I had uh, with the uh, the underwater videographer? I don't know if you remember that many years ago. <laughs> I remember you talking about it on the show on Satellite Sisters. But Liam asked me, "How many people do you know who actually made a living?" <laughs> Filming underwater. I said, Jacques Cousteau? She said, exactly. And he's dead. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's just... So I'm going to keep you posted from the New York Times desk here because it's getting... um, it's getting crazy over there, Jewel. Okay, well, June is is the month for brides, so I'm I'm glad that there was such a spectacular wedding this month, Sheila. So, but it's good that you're monitoring that. All right, Julie, you would, we're going to need to wrap this up, but you had said you had a question. You needed some help from Sheila and I, some sort of device that yes. you're on the market I, for. I, I need I need your help. I have had it with motorists that are texting. I've had it. I've had it. And lately, I know that, like, when I see a motorist texting, I'll drive up next to them, and I've been giving them the stink eye, and that's doing nothing to stop them from texting. So I'm considering starting to point or gesture, but I, so I need a gesture, or I need an air horn. I, 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 yeah, okay. What do I, I, I'm, I really, I've had it, it's so unsafe when you see people doing that, that I want to do, make some kind of citizen action to make, stop it. 
What should okay, I Okay, I have a couple ideas. I think you could just like make your fingers into like a bear claw. Like put the phone down. Like you know, as if you're gripping a phone. I think that might work. Uh or Julie I think a, a, a Julie Dolan version would have like a flag. You just have a little flag <laughs> that says stop it. And then you just flash the flag right in their faces. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I think that's good. That does seem in character because my gut instinct was this could be the perfect job for a big foam finger. You know, if you kept some kind of big, right. big foam <laughs> finger on your passenger seat that said stop texting and could quickly just whip out the big foam finger whenever you saw it, that that would get their attention. But Sheila suggested the flag is much more Julie Dolan. It's more, I, more tasteful. I love that. I love that idea. And I think it would be very satisfying. And I'd like to work with some car, you know, car manufacturer manufacturers uh, they could have like a pop-up flag on the outside <laughs> and let the flag go up because i you just i've had it with those people you've had it and you just need a little flippy flag that's it you just flip it up jewel with a nice you know grow grain ribbon yes. and but the lettering has to be bold yes. and it has to be threatening Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> Threatening, huh? Not just please stop texting no. or put put down that phone. It no, needs to be. No one would suspect that from you. So you flip the flag and boom. It's you know they they got the message. I love it, sisters. I knew you'd know what to do. All right. So, listeners, if you have suggestions about exactly what should go on the flag, like how to phrase the message in a Julie Dolan kind of way, because it needs to be polite yet threatening is a tough tone to match, right? You're trying. It is a citizen's arrest, so they should feel like busted, but not in some way that then they're going to pull out their handgun. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you, right. You, do live in, you do live in Texas, so yes. we need to factor that in. Yes, yes, that's a good, very good point, uh -huh. very solid point. You don't want to provoke too much of a reaction from the driver, but you want them to know that they've been busted by Julie Dolan. That's exactly right. They just have to stop texting. Okay. <laughs> okay, so send in your suggestions on that. You can post at the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Join there, uh, post your suggestions there, or you can always go to uh, SatelliteSisters.com and where we post the show every week, and you can, get, uh, you can post your own comments there. All right, sisters, uh, anything else uh, we need to cover right now? No, it's been... This I think been... that's it, Liz. You've got your doctor's orders, so enjoy. Yes, yes I will. Good luck with those child stars, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Joel. <laughs> All right. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget to go see Leanne Dolan. If you're in Portland, Oregon, go see her this Thursday night at the Powell Cedar Hills. And also, don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.